Hey, big love fam. Welcome to Super Freak. This is a high vibe podcast, y'all, exploring all things frequencies, how they govern form, shape our realities, and are the key to living from your full potential. It's non-woo combos about super woo shit, unpacking what I call the science of self, from body and soul literacy to the power of understanding vibration, higher consciousness, quantum physics, and spiritual psych. Let this podcast become a resource for you on your journey to self-mastery. If you're curious and ready to free your mind, unlock the body, and truly become limitless, then you're in the right place. I'm your host, Tally. This is Super Freak, awakening for the next gen. Let's go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to this mini cast on narcissism, part two. I thought I'd talk about narcissistic grandiosity in this little mini cast as a follow-up to the first episode I did on narcissism earlier on in the season, which was pretty dense and packed with information. I hope you guys enjoyed it. But in this one, I want to talk about how this common symptom that all narcissists pretty much share, which is this sense of grandiosity. It's this false self that they prop themselves up to believe that they are in order to mask all this inner underpinning wounding. So let's get into it. So first, narcissistic grandiosity is one of the common symptoms that narcissists share, but it's so much more than that than having an inflated ego or what is otherwise known as the false self, as I call it. Grandiosity is essentially the false self of an individual. You see this played out a lot with false twins and which I'll get into in another episode, but the false self of an individual is created to safeguard any form of guilt, shame, or inadequacy. And we've all been there, right? We all potentially have grown up with either a narcissistic parent or have been in relationship with a narcissist. That's how rife this distortion is in the field. Narcissists will do anything to safeguard feeling any ounce of guilt, shame, or inadequacy in front of family members, in front of friends, and especially in front of people they don't know. They will posture against society to protect this feeling of potential inadequacy and do anything to avoid it. The false or pseudo self will do anything literally to maintain and control through perfectionism and manipulation, especially other people's perception of them because they have never fully emotionally matured, which is why they have very black and white thinking, which is also known as splitting, which means they lack the ability to integrate good and bad aspects within themselves. And because they have grown up this way, they have never fully emotionally matured. They have all of these strategies that they employ to keep themselves safe. Like they will deflect any ounce of criticism or any kind of clapback that you give them when they are supremely dropping gaslighting bombs over in your field. They will undermine your experience. Oh, it wasn't that bad. That's not what happened. They'll completely project a different viewpoint of how they see the situation happened or how they want you to view the the situation of whatever happened or how they want you to view yourself through their eyes. It's a lot of projection with a grandiose narcissist. This grandiosity from the false self identity thinks it's perfect. Superior is not at fault for anything and doesn't believe they deserve 
anything that counters their way of thinking. Literally like, are you nodding along to this? You're like, oh my God, I can relate. So let me say that again. This type of grandiosity from the false self-identity thinks it's perfect, superior, and is not at fault for anything and doesn't believe they deserve anything that counters their way of thinking. This grandiosity will show up as judgment of others, their inability to accept any form of criticism, inability to take any kind of accountability, and creates a ton of entitlement because they believe they are superior. And deep down, even though this causes them to feel superior, this is a false reality and it takes a lot of energy to maintain this level of self-delusion and the facade that they've been keeping up for so many years. You might see this with an older parent who is just supremely emotional all the time, can't keep their emotions together, will cry at a whim because something has hit them a certain way because they have so much unprocessed emotion. Tell me if you can relate to this. They become very triggered and reactive when this false self is threatened, when you try to hold them accountable for their actions, which is why they react negatively when you try to share your feelings with them because they think you are blaming them. They will use projection and blame shifting as a way to justify their actions and continue to uphold their false self. This programming acts like a protection mechanism to guard the narcissist from ever having to feel any sorts of shame. The grandiosity of a narcissist is essentially the reason why they need so much validation. It takes a lot to keep that false self propped up. It is also the reason why they protect their public image so viciously, which causes them to engage in preemptive smear campaigns just in case you should try to expose their imperfections. This happened to me. I was sitting at lunch with a parent and some of their friends. This, the conversation turned to a point where it was potentially looking negatively on this parent and this person walked out left me sitting in this restaurant, drove off. And I basically was like walking behind where the car had driven off. And so it was a little bit of a fit response, right? Because this is what narcissism does. That false self got threatened, didn't want to feel the shame or inadequacy and took off. This is also the reason why they cannot accept responsibility for their mistakes and less than desirable behaviors. To admit fault or take ownership would start to unravel the false self. It's debilitating for them. I really want you to hear this. If you have a narcissistic parent or you've been with a narcissist, literally you either have to go into no contact for a while until you restabilize as you disengage from these toxic people and or understand that no matter what you're doing, they will not see your perspective on stuff for the most part, if it has anything to do with threatening their identity. They, they're incapable of taking accountability and responsibility. It's just something you got to put down and accept because you cannot change a narcissist and you certainly cannot change a grandiose one. This is why they gaslight and intentionally create confusion through circular conversations because with clarity comes truth and the truth that they are not able to face. Have you ever been in a conversation with a narcissist? If you're shaking your head, then you understand the circular 
conversation tactic where they constantly deflect and they keep you in a loop of deflection and getting you to take accountability or responsibility for something that they did wrong. So it's like this deflection and then you take accountability for something you didn't do. You hold the resentment. They have a way of making themselves right or they'll guilt guilt you into that. And it stays in this constant state of avoidance and deflection while nothing gets achieved and everyone's back to square one and you're none the wiser. Understand though that this grandiosity has become such a hardwired part of their identity that to construct it feels extremely dangerous to their nervous system. They're completely incapable of approaching that no matter how old they may be or later in life they may be or whatever stage of life they'll be, they're deeply incapable of not only taking accountability, taking responsibility for their actions, but anything that will deconstruct this false identity is a deep, deep threat to them and they just won't do it. All right. So let's look at some ways that you can respond to a narcissist and disarm them. First, you want to stay calm and composed. Narcissist often try to provoke emotional reactions to gain a sense of control over others. So they'll use this type of manipulation through lies and personal attacks to get a rise out of you. So don't let them stay very calm, hold your composure. Keep your responses to a narcissist extremely brief. Keep in mind, the more information that they get from you, the more likely they are to go back and forth. And they're going to use that information against you in a way to undermine and diminish your own experience. Set boundaries and stick to them. I cannot say this enough. Like legitimately withhold details. So for an example, I had a client, she was talking to me about her family. They're very, very entrenched. And she tends to overshare details about her life to people who haven't earned the right to be able to hold the container for the details of her life because they don't see her. So instead I was just throwing some suggestions her way. I said, look, if someone asks you like, hey, where do you think you're moving to next? And you give them like a wishy-washy type of response. Well, I'm thinking about this and I'm thinking about this and like all your thoughts and projections and things that you've been working on personally within yourself. And you give that information to somebody. They now have a goalpost or a measuring stick or something to use in order to potentially like again, undermine your own experience or to make you feel bad about something when you quite haven't sorted it out yourself. So less is more. I'm not sure yet. I haven't decided, but I know that I'll cross that bridge when I get there. So really short, poignant answers that don't have a lot of detail. I don't know. I haven't thought about that yet, but I know that I'll have the the information when I need to make that decision. If you're in constant communication with a narcissist, get them to commit to something in writing. So for example, if you have parents that you live with, or you have parents that are helping you raise your children, for example, friends, family, et cetera, or an ex-partner and you're co-parenting, give them things like this. Text me the time and place so we don't have any mix up. Or since there's been some miscommunication about my deliverables, please email me your requirements if you're in a business setting. I had this too. I had to be very like lawyer in my communication when I had my agency people tend to get very emotional in text messages and emails where it's like, yeah, I'm really not feeling the direction of this is, you know, where we should go. I took a look at the the creatives again. And I just had this overwhelming sense of anxiety. And then I was looking at some, oh, stop, just stop. The creatives will be delivered by this time and this date. The feedback we're looking for is this three criteria, right? 
My expectations is that the feedback will be short, brief within the criteria that I just provided and will be provided by this date. Parameters, structure. When you share less with people who have not earned the right to hear your story, you will cultivate a deeper sense of trust within yourself. This is how we wildly self-abandoned. This is like a self-abandonment, self-sabotage, martyrism 101 is we overshare with people who don't or haven't earned the right to hear our story. And then that gaslights us. We feel more of a vacancy, more guilt, more shame and unworthiness. And we, we don't feel chosen. I'm not even seen by my own family. How can I truly be seen by a partner or friends or other family members, et cetera? When in doubt, if you're in conversation with a narcissist, you literally can just say, I'm sorry, that doesn't work for me. I can understand how you feel about that way, but I feel differently. I don't see myself that way. Something like this, right? Or I remember it differently. Or love this, this is my favorite. I will only have a conversation with you about this if you're willing to listen and try to understand my perspective. If not, I'm not available for that. Or I'm not going to explain why this is important to me, but it is. So go back and write all those down. Use those because this is fundamental ways to disarm a narcissist. Or my favorite, I'm not willing to talk about that right now. By the way, you can always use this. I'm going to step away from this conversation. Or thank you for inviting me, but I'm not available. You do not have to justify, argue, defend, or explain yourself to anybody at any time, including family. Not everybody is going to understand why you're doing the things that you're doing, but you know internally why you're doing them. And hold on to that and let that be enough. I know it can be tricky moving through the holiday season, especially navigating familial dynamics, but you guys got this. I hope you enjoyed this cast. Remember to question everything, be kind to yourself and others, and I will see you guys on another episode. Take care. Thanks so much for listening, you guys. Please make sure to leave a review and follow the fun on social media because that's how it works in this world. In the meantime, get your freak on. I'll see you in the next session.